into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Wouldn't it be nice if we were Clone Club 2. After Buzz is uh, another Orphan Black recap show, season premiere, season 3. Uh, very exciting, very exciting to be really? back here. Thrilling. We got the, it's not the Ukrainian Beach Boys, but we got the Beach Boys playing. It's, it's just like Helena would have wanted. Um, exactly like that. As you know, uh, After Buzz TV, you know, you could check us out on, on YouTube, uh, iTunes, subscribe, and of course follow us on Twitter. I'm Will Link at The Real Will Link. And this is my wonderful co-host for another season of Orphan Black in the Clone Club. Anna, Anna Koppel. You said you were going to mess that up, and you I did. I did, because it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was, yeah. I'm it's I'm Anna Koppel. It's okay, though. If you mess it up, you can follow me at Koppel for Mayor. K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. And tweet us uh, Orphan Black questions and comments and things like that. We'd love to, to get them over here. We do. So, uh... Man, I guess we should just jump right into it. That's I'm, I'm, what we're here to do. Exactly. I'm. I was so excited. The weight of this combination is the title of this episode, and I thought it was. I guess my overall first thought on the episode was it was a fun episode that gave us a lot of things. I feel like orphan black fans want to see uh, right from the start. You know, within the first two minutes, we could see Helena eating something, which is always something right. we enjoy. Right. And uh, also, there was a lot of clone uh, clone impersonations, which is always a crowd pleaser for this show. So I thought it started off with with a lot of fun things in this episode. Yeah, a lot of questions answered, a lot more questions being asked. I have a feeling a lot more questions will be asked before we come to. Uh, before we get some answers. Of course. But let's start with that opening scene. I loved it. I thought it was so much fun because the episode, it just, you start off in Helena's brain. Yes. We start off that she is having this dream about her and her sestras uh, in the backyard, kind of celebrating her. Like it's a baby shower. Helena's right. pregnant. She's eating for two now. Right. Uh, and you kind of got a little glimpse, glimpse of how she sees all of uh, of her, her sisters too, in a way. Right. They were they were like stereotypes of themselves. It was great, and yeah, just the way they were dressed and the things they were saying. Uh, Cosima was probably my favorite. Oh yeah, well, because she's feeling better because of uh, crazy science. Yeah, what she said. Uh, I'm like way better thanks to science. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was really good. And, you know, we know that this is a dream because we know what had happened to Helena. And it was nice to see a happy Helena before we got into the terrifying misery of what Helena's going through. She's She's been trapped in this box, basically. Right. For, 
I guess, however long in between seasons it's been. Actually, I have a question for you. How long do you think it's been between? Has it been like a, a couple days or is it right after? Because I was a little foggy on time coming into this. I, I don't think it's been 24 hours because Sarah so, hasn't even, there's, she's still asking, is, is Helena back? And Felix is like, no, she's still missing. And I guess what threw me is I so expected it to start in the house with the caster clone, which is where the season ended, but it started with her and Felix on a, on a, on, on shite beach. So it kind of, it kind of threw me there for a second how long Helena's maybe been in this box under captivity. Right. Uh, but then when we get shocked back to reality for Helena, she is talking to a scorpion. Right. As you do. Right. Um, and I guess this is kind of, you know, Helena, I love her, but her brain's a little broken. And this is, I guess, how she gets a lot of her feelings out. There's almost like a son of Sam kind of, not kind of thing going on where she's talking to the scorpion. The scorpion's talking to her. Uh, what, what did you think of that? Well, I didn't see it as like a son of Sam thing. I think it's like her, her spirit animal almost. Well, and- okay. You know what? That's. So it's not just crazy person who thinks they're talking to an animal. It's spirit animal. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> I'm glad that I could just change your mind that quickly. No, you're you're right. I was just, I'm too much wrapped up in old psychotic Helena that my mind immediately goes to a serial killer. <laughs> right. Well, because it wasn't, but it, I did look up, she called, she called the scorpion, uh, Poopock or Poopoke or yeah, something like that. And I, I looked that up, and there there were like a couple of translations, but they were both basically like belly button or navel. Huh? Yeah. What do you make of that? It's a little creepy, that right? It's a little creepy. Yeah. Now, do you know who played the scorpion? No, it wasn't Tatiana Maslany. Really? Yep. She was the voice of the scorpion, and apparently, she did all like the scorpion clicks and noises that that scorpions make. Wow. Yeah. So this woman, she can do everything. How is she not winning awards every day? I know. Uh, she should win an Emmy for best scorpion performance. Yeah, dear Academy, wake up. Um. So, and you know what? You know what? Also. I watched the episode twice, and this kind of gives some credence to, to what you're saying about Spirit Animal 2. I don't think there was an actual scorpion there. Oh, there I think wasn't. she was envisioning, because with the second time watching it, I noticed there was no scorpion when they opened the box at the end of the right, episode exactly. to let her out. But I think I got hung up on, especially when I wrote my notes, is I thought there was actually a scorpion there, and I thought this was like an odd threat for her in this box, but it was really, you're right, it's a spirit animal. <laughs> it's definitely her spirit animal. Well, when I, I, I came to that conclusion, because, I don't know, do you guys, do you remember the movie Hook? You know, Dustin yeah. Hoffman and Robin Williams? Yeah, yeah a long and time you, ago. Yeah, do you remember the boo box? And yes. the pirates, they would, put, they would drop scorpions in the box. So yeah. that was like my first thought. I was like, oh, it's a boo box. And so that's what I thought at first, too, that there was some sort of like level of torture going yeah. on. But, but. Yeah, when when I saw there wasn't a scorpion there, I was like, oh, it's like her spirit animal. That's You know, speaking of the torture she's being put through, and, and, and before we get into Sarah, maybe we'll just wrap things up with Helena because we get back to her at the end of the episode. The episode's kind of bookended with her. But I feel like they're really doing a, a number. They're, they're going to be brainwashing her in some way. They've isolated her. They've kept her in there for 48 hours, they said. Like, that's what I feel like the torture is. It's going to be some way to try to turn her against her sestras or use her for whatever the hell Project Castor wants to use her for. Yeah, and she's been tortured her whole life. Yeah. And and kept in boxes and cages and, and stuff like that her whole life. And it's nice to see the rest of the sisterhood come together to want to 
rescue her and get her. Even Allison was very like that poor, poor thing and stuff like that. Allison, who you felt probably has the least connection to Helena in a lot of ways. You know, when they met at the end of last season, it was kind of more very like kind of curt response between the two like nice to meet you you know it was right. like very like that so it's good to see that they're going to to band together to try to find her but first sarah's got some other problems to deal with yes yes she does <laughs> most of all as we know now there are male clones boy clones and uh the season ended last uh year with the image of the scar-faced clone who Marion had captured and kept in her basement, and we find out he's been there for about three weeks, and no one at Dyad knew until now that she'd been holding him there. And at the start of this uh, uh, episode, Delphine shows up and basically says, he'll only talk to you, Sarah. I need you to come uh, come with me. Because now Delphine, of course, is the new Rachel. And she brings Sarah to the Scarface clone, and they have a little. They have a little sit down. Mm-hmm. They have a little sit down where he seems to know an awful lot about her. He knows about Kira. He knows about Felix and Mrs. S. He knows about all her other sisters. And he kind of he kind of gives her a warning. It was very foreboding. What does he say? He was like, "Count your sisters." He's like, basically, keep an eye on them, keep track of them. I don't think that's why he was saying that. I think. Well, you don't think it was a threat? No, I think he realized that Sarah didn't realize that Helena's gone still. Oh. I'm missing all sorts of stuff. Well, I think I think that's why, because that's when she called Felix. Yes. And he's like, no, Helena's still hasn't... She's gone, her bag's gone, and... But clearly he's still... I, but it's not like... I don't feel like it's a heads up, like... Oh, you better check out where Helena is. Because the fact that he's invoking her daughter, invoking Felix, invoking people beyond just the clones, makes me feel like he feels he can get to them. Like, he can get to Kira. He can get to these people. Yeah. No, yeah. So it's probably a little bit of both. It's definitely... Well, I guess it's... Yes, it's a threat, but I think it's, it's more than that. It's, like, not only a threat, but... Hey, dummy, we already have it's people already you happening. care about, and you haven't even noticed. Well, we find out that these these boy clones, the caster clones, Felix called them boy clones, so I keep just saying boy clone now, um, they've been after clones already. Uh, there was another clone, another very, albeit very brief, uh, 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 image of this, this uh, crystal, I believe was her name. Yeah, Crystal Godry. Yes, that's the part I can't say. And they had found her, and the two clones, the mustachioed one and the scar-faced one, mm-hmm. who I believe their names are going to be Rudy is the scar-faced, and I believe Seth is the mustachioed one. And these are predictions, or you found this information I somewhere? I found this information somewhere. Okay. These aren't just, I'm just not making up names. Yeah. But for now, we'll just call him Scarface and and Mustard. They had captured uh, this crystal. Mm -hmm. So they're after clones to begin with. And they seem to have a beat on where these clones are. Uh, Crystal ended up escaping because Dyad intervened. That's when they captured uh, Scarface. And they've had him in the basement ever since. 
But there is yet another threat to Sarah because a cleaner from Topside is coming, Ferdinand, played by the always phenomenal James Frank. We love James Frank. Who we love in everything, and we when we did in the Intruders show, he was phenomenal on that, so I was so thrilled to see him pop up as the cleaner. Yeah. Perfect part from. But he's coming to basically clean up whatever mess is going on. He's there to investigate. He's there to find out what's going on with Rachel, why Marion had this clone in her basement, this caster clone, because no one knew about the caster clones. Dyad seems to be a big surprise, too, as well. So he's coming to, to, to check it out. Problem is, Rachel's a little out of commission. Rachel, as you all remember, got a pencil shot into her eye at the, at the end of last season. So Delphine basically wants Sarah, and this is where things get fun, wants Sarah to come in and pretend to be Rachel. And... Um, yeah, that's that's where they were at with that. And and Delphine says she says a couple of times we all have our part to play. Yes, which I find I don't know. I just she said it twice. Well, so I I don't I I don't feel like there are like mistakes like that on Orphan Black to have the same line in there twice is something. So because now Delphine's playing a part too. She's playing Rachel, right? And she's playing Rachel, but. A Rachel that supposedly is protecting the Lita clones. Do we believe that? That was what I was about to ask you. And I do, actually. I think Delphine, and I said this last season when there were some doubts about Delphine, I think Delphine is good. I think Delphine is always trying to be good. I think she's been a, a slave to too many masters maybe with with not only with leaky and then rachel but also Casima. and i think she doesn't always know the best way to serve all these people but i think she is good do you agree or disagree i still don't know about delphine she's she's a little she's cold now she came back cold and it's what happened also, on that plane? I don't know. That trip to frankfurt i think she was going to somewhere yeah, yeah it that's uh, great yeah it did not, uh, whatever happened there. Well, you know, she comes, she comes back and there's all this on her plate. So she has to convince Sarah and Sarah's not really having it at first. She doesn't want any involvement until, of course, she finds out that Helena is missing and was captured by Castor. Basically, it was the deal that Mrs. S made with Paul, which I know why Sarah's upset, but I kind of agree with Felix on this one. I think she's a little, I mean, I feel like Mrs. S was left with very little choice in this matter. She did make a tough decision. And what is she going to do? She's going to choose basically her for her adoptive daughter and adoptive granddaughter over Helena any day of the week. But I thought it was very interesting. There was a real line drawn in the sand because Sarah goes to leave and, and, and Mrs. S says, don't, don't turn your back on your people. And she says, you are not my people. And, you know, there was a day when Sarah really didn't want any involvement with the whole clone conspiracy and this has nothing to do with me. She almost left in season one. She almost took the money that the clones had and and left that Beth had. Right. Exactly. So so I I thought that was really big. Now it's like me and my sisters and you are not my people. It's a real shift change in, in loyalty. Yeah. Her people used to be orphans like her and Felix and and, this, and now it's all about the sisters. Yeah. And uh she basically agrees to go play the role of Rachel in order to 
get the ball rolling on trying to find Helena. Now, this is, like I said, this is where things got really fun. I was obviously enjoying the episode, but this is where it suddenly, like, blew up and was great because I am a sucker for whenever these clones play other clones, mostly because it's always, I think, the best examples of how brilliant Tatiana is in these roles. Yeah. Because when she played Rachel... Like, there was clearly something off about Rachel. She was very uncomfortable walking in those heels. Right. She was not walking as, as uptight, up, upright. Yeah, I noticed her, her, her stride a lot, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at her stride. It's like Sarah's stride. It's <laughs> just, it's so close, but just off enough, just off enough. Yeah, um, it's really brilliant. It really is. So, this is where she meets... Oh, and by the way, you know what else was great about this Rachel thing? We got to see the clone makeover. We got to see a little bit of uh, Felix putting on the makeup. We don't usually, when they play another clone, they usually kind of walk in and they're the clone. Oh, that's Sarah pretending to be Cosima. But this one, we got to see a little bit of the work that goes into that. Yeah. Which was also a little little treat. Usually, yeah. those are saved for just the things during the commercial break, right? <laughs> that they show us the the how they did it. But this this that was fun. So they she comes in to meet Ferdinand, James Frain's character, and the idea is Sarah as Rachel is just going to walk in and kind of walk immediately out, kind of make up an excuse, and they'll go for it because it's Rachel. But he is not having any of that. He wants Rachel there. Which, there was so much dread over his interactions with Sarah as Rachel that when ultimately where their relationship ends up going in the episode, uh, it, it, it made me, it, it made me both very surprised and also made me laugh because there were moments when he's eyeballing her like up and down and I'm like sitting there on my couch going, oh no, he knows, he knows it's not Rachel. And then, Later, when he's back at Rachel's apartment, and it's good. Oh no, he's just really turned on by Rachel. He's just really wants her, and was thinking about that. And I thought that was a great little little bait and switch, and a great little a uh, uh, little direction on the episode. I never felt like he didn't know, though. I thought because they had that intimate relationship that he always was questioning. I think he thinks she hasn't been herself, but I don't think he ever thinks it's not Rachel. At first, I thought, and I think. Because when they're walking out of there, he still thinks it's Rachel. In fact, not to skip too far ahead, but when he's being, when he's basically being dragged out of Rachel's apartment, he kind of gives this pathetic, like, Rachel, like, he really, he really kind of liked Rachel. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because who's a better dom than Rachel, apparently. Right. Um, so anyway, she has this, this meeting and, you know, all of a sudden, uh, it's not going very well, and he wants to see Sarah, mm-hmm. who, again, as far as he knows, Rachel's doing fine, and Sarah's still locked up. She had her uvorectomy, or whatever. Right. <laughs> and, again, great moment, because I'm like, how are they going to pull this off? And immediately, I'm thinking about scenes in, like, a movie or TV show, when somebody has to be, like, on, like, pretending to be two different people, and it's like... I know they're not going to do this because it doesn't work for like a thriller, which is what this is. But like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom, and now I'm Sarah, and now I'm Rachel. <laughs> That's what I thought they were going to do, though. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I did. And I had almost forgotten that there was a scene earlier where Allison got a call from Delphine 
And then the second I saw Sam, I'm like, oh, it's a- it's Allison. Yeah. And I thought that was great, too, especially then the second they walk in. I like her little overdone Sarah. Oi, oi. Yeah. Like, oi, oi, Rachel. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's great. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. And their interaction was terrific, too. And I also like seeing Allison play other clones because Allison, of course, is an actress. Is right. a terrific actress, local right. theater. Yeah. So it's a good place for her to get to shine. I love everything Allison does. Yeah. She's still my favorite. She's still kind of my favorite, which... We're not supposed to have favorites, I know. Yeah. she. Although last season, Helena... By the end of the season, Helena had won me over so much with all her talk of her babies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, burning down the Prolethean ranch and stuff right, like that. Right, right. A lot of endearing moments. Like yeah, that. <laughs> a lot of just things that make you feel good about Helena yeah. gouging people's eyes out. You love her. Yeah. Um. So they they bring Sarah, and he starts examining uh, Allison as Sarah. Her. Yeah, it was not okay. Which was again, and the show has done this. They did this a lot last season, where they're really good at putting them in these, these these women, these very violating, very upsetting situations that kind of bring you back to the reality of this. Like, yeah, it's all fun, you're laughing because Allison's playing Sarah, but now suddenly he's examining her in a very upsetting way. And the way he even just put on those gloves, and, he's, and he realizes that she hasn't been, had her surgery. Right. She's not recovering from surgery, and luckily, uh, on the spot, Delphine's able to, I don't even know if this is a true thing, but you cannot perform an oovorectomy when someone's uh, ovulating. Yeah, I have no idea Yeah, it's true or not. I don't know. And, don't and know. neither did Sarah, because she's I, like, I'm not a doctor. I, so. Which, that's, she played Rachel, maybe not in the physicality in a lot of ways, but in a lot of what was great, she was able to use the coldness of Rachel to get over a lot of hurdles in the conversation. Yeah. She was able to, she smacked Allison that one time to kind of get him to stop molesting her. She, uh, that that line, which was great, how she's like, I'm not a doctor, yeah, yeah, was perfect. So she was able to use that. So in attitude, she had Rachel pretty good. You know, because she, you know, she reads Uber Bitch Digest. Right. So. Right. Um, so, there's still a further problem, though, with Ferdinand, because even after seeing Sarah, it's not enough. He wants to talk to Rachel, and he wants to come see Rachel because they want to discuss Helsinki. Right. And at this point, we don't know exactly what Helsinki is. We knew it was basic. It was, we knew it was an operation or something that was in effect or something that had happened. Uh, and even Delphine was a little clueless as to what exactly it is, but we knew it wasn't good at that point. I don't think Delphine was clueless. She was just sort of vague about it. Well, she had to get the information from Rachel later, so she didn't know exactly. I don't think she knew clones' lives. Were, well, we might as well just say Helsinki was basically an operation in, I think they said it was, was it 06? In which they killed six clones. And 32 collateral. And 32 collateral. <laughs> uh, basically to, you know, eliminate them after 
what went wrong exactly. I don't. I don't exactly know. But I think they just got out of hand. Well, kind of like these girls. Yeah. Look at them. Well, oh. you know. Yeah. So <laughs> the plan is Rachel had actually put this into effect already. That her idea was. We're going to basically just eliminate all the clones. After Sarah's uvorectomy, they were going to kill Sarah. They were going to basically just let Cosima die, which kind of helps explain her bone marrow freak out at the end of season two when she's just smashing it uh, willy-nilly and not helping Cosima. Uh, and most terrifying of all, they were just going to basically kill Allison's whole family. They were going to chloroform them all and burn the house down. So Rachel was basically had the scorched earth policy... <laughs> And it seemed like in a lot of ways it was to get, uh, not only eliminate these clones, but get possession of Kira. Because later in the conversation, he reminds her of Kira. And Rachel wants, Rachel wants to be a mother. And Kira was the opportunity for that. Now, just because she wanted Kira, or because Kira holds the key to... To Dr. Leakey, I mean, I'm not, I'm really not she, clear about Well, why. I think, again, I think, and this is where the characters sometimes try to have it, or maybe even the show a little bit tries to have it both ways, because I think it's both. I think, one, Kira is great for Dyad, and Rachel is company woman, but she did want to be a mother. I mean, that's that much is clear, and she had that room set up for Kira, and I feel like she was... Showing Kira affection the only way Rachel knows how to, which is, I set up this nice bedroom for you, and I'm here talking to you. And I, I'm looking at this drawing you did. I mean, Rachel's not warm, and I feel like she was showing Kira the best affection she could. Right. So. Well, she was, yeah, raised <coughs> in a lab, so yeah. she... It probably is the warmest she gets. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes sense. So, so it, it was sweet, really. It was sweet. She wanted, you know, when you really think about it, Rachel wanted to murder a whole bunch of clones so she could love Kira and have Kira. So it is sweet. We yeah, it's sacrifices nice. <laughs> sometimes for those that we love. Well, Ferdinand comes to Rachel's apartment, and Sarah is still as Rachel. And luckily, she pretty quickly picks up on the Dom sub thing. And I kind I, I I was thinking back to the sex scene with Paul in season two, and I don't remember how much of the actual, if any, that Sarah saw of the actual sex scene, or if it was just Helena who was watching it through the thing. So she was able though to pick up on some some cues. I like that uh, he he calls her dirty clone and things like that, and. The second she puts her her high heel on his crotch, I mean, he is he's he's loving every second of it. Yeah. And I was so happy to see that the character trait of Rachel as a dominant sexual partner that was established last season came into play in in the plot in a way in this episode. Were I you th- now? I was. Yeah, of course. Because you were. I well, yeah, I thought it was an man. I thought it was an interesting characteristic mm. they had for her mm-hmm. last season and I was glad to see mm-hmm. it in use. But I digress. It was a really interesting plot device. <laughs> no, it was interesting that she was able to, to, to oh, play right. this out. It's a, the people, please, tweet at <laughs> us. The people love this plot. though. They love the, you know, we're living in a, in a post Fifty Shades of Grey world now. Uh, don't get me started with that. Uh, I didn't see it. Alright, neither did I, but... But no good. I have serious opinions. All right. So, anyway, 
through her dom sub seduction of Ferdinand, she finds out that uh, she finds out what Helsinki is. She finds out that it's already in motion, and there's already a creepy henchman on his way to Allison's house, and he's watching her exercise, and he's getting ready to come in there and chloroform her. The only thing that stalls him is, thank God for suburbia, it's just the automatic lights that came on in her backyard that get her looking around. Um... And Sarah excuses herself and tries to call, but he barges into the bathroom, and she's thinking of stabbing him, but eventually realizes she can use the Dom thing to her favor again and starts beating him with a belt, and then she's clearly going to kill him. She's got it around his neck, and I thought a great, funny, slash horrifying moment is she's choking him. He's like, do you remember our safe word? And she's like, no, and she just keeps choking him harder. However, meanwhile, Delphine has gotten to the bottom of Helsinki as well. And this was Delphine at her most badass that she's been on this show. She was terrifying. She was, she comes to see Rachel, who has damage to her frontal lobe. Like, Rachel may never be the same again. And I'm very curious to see what ends up happening with her character. And also how Tatiana might have to play someone with brain damage now give this woman an emmy she's playing someone with brain damage now right so uh she straight up goes right in a helena move basically goes to the empty eye socket and just starts shoving her thumb into it and trying to make rachel talk and trying to find out what helsinki is and of course she finds out it's a plan to kill the clones. But see, I feel like Delphine knew because she said something like "naughty sister" or something. You're not supposed to know about that, or how did you find out about that? Or she, oh, that's true. She doesn't know. She knows that something's up between Ferdinand and Rachel. You're right. She doesn't know that it's Helsinki. Then she says Helsinki. You're not supposed to know about Helsinki. But I don't think Delphine knew anything of what Helsinki was. I think she just knew it was a plan that could be put into motion. Hmm. Because if Delphine knew there was a plan to kill the clones, she would have warned them. No, because remember then she's talking to Sarah about it. She was like, so Rachel's going to kill all of us. You should have warned us. And Delphine was like, I know, but I needed your help. Or No, it wasn't that she knew they were going to kill all of them. She needed her help with trying to... Uh, uh, make Topside think everything was okay, to make the cleaner think everything was okay. He, she didn't know that it was uh, uh, a plan to murder clones. No, there was an interaction, though, between Sarah and Delphine. Where when when Ferdinand's being taken out, you're right. talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and she was like, Rachel was gonna kill all of us, well, and Delphine she, was like, I know. Well, that's because she found out from torturing Rachel. And then Sarah was like, you should have warned us. And Delphine's like, I couldn't because I needed your help. No, she needed her help in making the cleaner, Ferdinand, think everything was okay. I think this just, like, wasn't a clear point. I think, again, we'll let the people decide. We'll let the people decide. Maybe it'll become more clear throughout the season. Well, again, this goes back to, though, maybe I think Delphine is so good still. And you think she's, well, maybe not. Maybe questionable. So this could also be the way you and I just interpret Delphine in general. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Well, that'll become clearer as the season goes on. That will also become clearer. So either way, Delphine 
gets information from Rachel that she then shows up, finds out what exactly Rachel and Ferdinand were up to in some way. Right. And she shows up there. And basically, at the last minute, a little convenient, but I, I was fine with it. I bought it. Right as she's choking, about to basically kill Ferdinand. And she s- shuts the whole thing down. And basically gets Ferdinand to call off Helsinki at the last minute. So, right. Allison's safe. Everyone's safe from now, from the topside threat from this cleaner. For now. For now. Do you think, though, that... Well, let me ask you this, because I actually feel like a lot of this episode was wrapping up the dyad topside threat. Like, I actually don't know how much, at least anytime soon, they're going to come into play. And I feel like it's kind of wrapping this threat up so we can usher in the caster threat and make that the main number one threat. Do you think we're going to... Well, let me ask you this. Do you think we're going to see a lot more of... Of Ferdinand or any of of this storyline? Well, they they have to be part of the storyline to just get rid of Dyad and Topside. Well, no, they're still going to be working within Dyad, but I feel like the threat from within Dyad, which I guess is the cleaner from Topside, is... I can't see that taking front burner, let's put it that way. Not with what's going on with Caster. No, I think the Caster clones are definitely going to... And I feel like this was a way to at least wrap it up, at least for now. Yeah. I, I actually would be su- surprised if we see Ferdinand anytime soon again. No, Ferdinand's coming back. Come you think on. so? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. He's being sent on another mission to go kill a whole bunch of other people. He'll be back. Um, he has to come back. Well, I hope he comes back just because... I love James Frank. Right. Uh, anyway, so that kind of that kind of wraps up that storyline for the episode. They've saved the clones from this threat for now. But there's some other clones who are running around in this episode that we should talk about. Okay. Uh, unless you have something else you want to say about all this. I don't think I do. Okay. Cosima. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, poor... Lovelorn Cosima. She, she, she seems a lot better. Mm, she's upset. She's upset, but she's a lot less dying. Oh, she's a lot less dying. Yes, yeah. I, I ran more the heartbreak that yeah. everybody felt. You're but, like, mm. but well, because even Scott asked her, like, oh, you, how's your heart? You know, your blood pressure's good. How's your heart? Yeah. Um, and she's like, I'm done with the friend. She's like, yeah, but. Well, let's let's talk about the health thing then first. Okay. I she lo- looks good. She looks great. Yeah. I mean, last time we saw her, which is again why I was questioning any passage of time. She had the tubes in her. You know, she was like she was basically dying, and I think she knew she was dying. And again, this brings up the topic of what's going on with Kira. Kira seemed to pull her back from the brink in some way. Right. How she's is magic. this? She's magic. Kira seems to know she pulled her back from the brink some way. Obviously, she's only like eight years old. She can't really explain it. She's reluctantly magic. Um, Kasima seems to understand there's something special. She can't explain it. Because she's so into science. Yeah. Yeah. There's no magic in science. Right. So they have this nice little conversation. I like the pairing of Kasima and Kira. They have this nice little conversation that they both know something's up, but they can't explain it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, here's the thing about Kasima's storyline. Okay, go. I love Kasima. 
I love Cosima last year. But I was a little disappointed because she was just in a lab the whole time, getting sicker and sicker. And I really felt at the end of last season we'd have a resolution to the Cosima storyline. And going into this season, I don't want Cosima to die, but part of me was like, well, you either have to cure her real fast or you have to kill her real fast because this can only be stretched out so long. And I think, I mean, at this point it seems clear they don't want to kill her because otherwise you lose what's your great kind of romance of the show. I'm assuming very quickly she's going to be cured. Right. Uh, and Kira also has the, um, Kasima never sees it, but she has all the, um, of, uh, Helena's babies. Her, right. her, her eggs or whatever they have in there. Right. So I'm assuming that will be used in some way to cure her too. Kira's, there's that great shot of little Kira. It's about the same size of her, like pulling it out. And but Kasima at that point is dealing with the heartbreak from Delphine, which right. is the other thing. I mean, do you think? What do, what do you think? You think they cure her soon? She seems pretty cured. I don't know. I know She's, that I know that Kira said like, "Oh, because Delphine has to cure you with my stem cells," and yeah. so I know there's still like, but she just seems so much better. I don't know. I think she and Scott are gonna like read the Island of Doctor Moreau, and they're gonna start their own little lab in Felix's loft. I mean, right? They have everything they need, right? They have Duncan's codes they have all the the everything that they they need i assume to cure it's just a matter of getting back in there and curing her yeah and they have kira so yeah i feel like we're going to have a episode where kasima's at dyad curing herself and then it's just going to be kind of fall into the background of she's like yep i just got to keep taking my medication and i'll be <laughs> fine like i feel like she's going to be cured in like an episode or two tops yeah and then she'll uh, just like be going for acupuncture. And but her heart, her heart is broken. That was a sad scene. Yeah, no, of course. And Delphine basically breaks up with her because now is a new Rachel. She's involved more than ever, and it's basically she. If she's going to protect all the Lita sisters, she she can't play favorites in a way. She kind of has to be separated a little bit more. That's what she says. Which is, again, a reason why I think she's good. I think, Delphine, there's that shot of her in the hallway, alone, after she breaks up with Cosima, where she's clearly heartbroken. To me. Mm-hmm. She's good! Why can't she be with Cosima, though? And love all of her sisters? Because she's going to have to take on a lot of responsibility now, and it's Rachel. But like, I get it. It's, but look, it's, it's like it's breaking a, up with anybody once you get a promotion. That's ridiculous. People like, do that. I I know that doesn't make them good people. Well, I, when I say Delphine's a good person, I don't mean maybe she's the best person to date. I mean she's not going <laughs> to murder clones. That's my level. Of, I don't know. I feel like you get promotion to dyad and something happens. Well, okay, you know what? That's a fair point too. By the end, I think Delphine's good now. By the end of the season, Delphine could be she could be drinking the dyad Kool Aid more than ever and really be like, no, I'm I'm taking you all on. But, I'm the new Rachel. But for right now, I feel like she is... I, I think that's a very hard moment for both of them. I feel like she's gouging her thumb into people's eye sockets right now. I feel like that's who she is. I think that's justified. <laughs> that, 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 that was justified. It's Rachel. We don't like her. It's fine. It's Rachel. You know. Just get used to it. All right. But Cosima uh, and her... I mean, as of now, whether you agree with her reasons or not, they're broken up. They're both hurting from it. 
And I felt like that moment when Scott said he was going to leave, and I don't blame him because you do have military clones and what did he say, all that lesbian Lesbian drama. drama. (laughs) You know, that's a lot for poor Scott to deal with. Um, But I felt terrible for Cosima then because I'm like, everyone is leaving Cosima. Everyone, Cosima is going to be so alone. So I'm glad it seems like he's going to stay at least long enough to figure out uh, the stuff in the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. But I felt really bad for her in that moment. Uh, Breakups are hard. I'm assuming they're going to be broken up for quite some time. I'm assuming this is going to be however remainder of the series goes. This is going to be our... Or will they, won't they? The Kofin people. And Twitter, everyone was so upset. Yeah, it's upsetting. We do love them as a couple. We do love them as a couple. Plus, it's one of the few, you know, real moments of, of, uh, like, kind of just pure love or happy emotion, happy feelings that we have on this show. Because the rest of it is a lot of everybody running from the next threat to the next threat. Right. Speaking of threats, yes, Allison Hendricks. The Hendrickses are—they uh, seem like they're really a team now. And they, she even says, "Anyone who comes up against the Hendrickses." That's true. You know, I felt like more than ever they were a team. Yet at the same time, Donnie still a little bit of a screw up. I was going to say that you know, last season we left off. We're like, yeah, Donnie's like in Clone Club now, and. We're, like, respecting him as a man, right? Yeah. And then the season opens, you know, he he was fired, which, that's okay, that happens yeah. all the time. But he's, you know, it's like his box of stuff with him, and they took his car, and so, like... But he felt good about it. But now he's, like, riding the short bus home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's counting up his uh, expenses from being like a mom. Like, $347. <laughs> yeah, for me. Um... Yeah, yeah Don, not not loving Donnie again. <laughs> but he is. But you gotta like that he 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 he's more himself now. He's more the person that he wants to be. It's a little like it's like the it's like the movie American Beauty. You know, he kind of yeah. he walks out on his job and he's feeling good. He's having a midlife crisis. Really, is yeah. what he's having. I call her a bitch to her face. He discovered. That his wife is a clone, I think that would make anyone start to have some sort of life crisis. Sure. And that, he, you know, and he also he killed a man and then buried the body in his garage. Right. Do we think that, let me ask you this, another storyline, do we think that that's completely over with, that we're not going to get any DeAngelis uh, trying to figure anything out anymore, that their storyline is completely done and they got away with the murder? Well, rotting bodies start to smell, I think, even if they're under cement. So the well, neighbors could start to complain. That's a, that's, they got to have good smell. they got to have real good smell to smell that inside someone's garage, under the... I don't know. I just feel like well, that's that was an my, issue. My big question going into the season about Allison, and I, I tweeted this the other day, was where... How is she going to be involved this season? Because she is a little separate than everyone else. She has the family. She has the husband. She has a little bit more to lose. And, I mean, her story... Look, I'll watch a show about Allison, like, her domestic life. I, I would watch a show. I would have watched the, the, the Blood Ties musical or, or, or whatever. I would have watched all of that. But... 
I don't know. Her plot better be better than uh, running for school trustee election. Like, I like the idea that her and Donnie got something to team up about. But, you know, I mean... We better, yeah. we better not just be, we keep cutting to her running for school trustee. Well, they had, I mean, this episode, she had to play well, Sarah. That made me feel a little bit better when she got involved. And I wonder if now this is what the storyline's going to be. There's that image, that, that moment where she kind of poo-poos Donnie, where he's like, oh, and tell Sarah I never want you doing that again. And she's just like, oh, like, waves him away or whatever. Like, um, as you do, Donnie. But... Poor Donnie. But he never asked for any of this. (laughs) But what... uh, I wonder if she's going to have to choose between her sisters and her her family. If she's going to have to make the choice between the two families and how that's going to have an effect on Donnie and the kids. Maybe she becomes, in a way... The, not the new Donnie, but in the way that she felt how Donnie, like there's a role reversal in their relationship where he was kind of serving two masters. I've said that a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Serving two masters behind Allison's back. She's going to be doing the same to him. She's going to be running all these things for her sister without Donnie knowing. You see where I'm getting at? Yeah, but Donnie's like part of Clone Club now. He has to be cool with it. Well, but he's not going to be cool with it. He's already not cool with it. He's upset what ended up happening with her, and and justifiably so. If I was Donnie, I would be like, no. You have a family. You can't go around trying to save your crazed Ukrainian former assassin sister. Okay, but she already signed that thing. She, like, belongs to Dyad, right? Ah, that's true. So... So she's gonna have to go in for, like, testings and things like that. Right. So, that's one thing that she could use an excuse or not. She actually has to go in. Um, And, you know, she... Those are her sisters. That's her family. That's another part of her family, you know? So, she has to... She does have two masters. She is, you know, serving. She has loyalties to to both parties. And and give Donnie a chance here. He just he just learned about all of this stuff. He just has to he has to learn all the other information. He'll get fed and he'll get on board and fair enough. Give him a chance. Fair enough. I just I I I loved how they integrated Allison in this episode. I'm very curious to see how they do it in the season. Like I said, it's got to be more than running for school. With that said, I would love to watch an entire spinoff series about her running for like school board elections and things like that. We do need the Hendrixes <laughs> spinoff. I would so wa- I would watch the hell out of that yeah. spinoff. Um, and finally, the episode ends with the the Caster clones. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, we saw earlier in the episode, the mustachioed one, uh, who I believe's name is Seth, go in and attack Mrs. S. And he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, and she calls him out on it. He's like, well, where's Duncan's research? She's like, at Nyad, I suppose. And and he, you know, kicks the hell out of her. But, oh. I want to. I want to say. I noticed that uh, in that scene when he's beating up Mrs. S, and he seems to have uh, like these sort of flashes of of something of light or. I think they're flashes of madness. I think the caster boys clearly are a little off, much in the way Helena was off. I don't know whether this is the way they were raised or 
whether there was something you know in the mix when they were when they were cloning them up if something went wrong. But I feel like these two in particular are are like off the reservation. I think yeah, he gets overwhelmed by rage, and that's what that's so, what does flash similar. Yeah, but at the end, he releases his Scarface brother. Right, and these two. I mean, these two again. Yeah, brotherly love. It's a nice team. These two together. I thought they were going to make out. I swear to God, I thought so too. <laughs> it's not just. I, and I watched, and like I said, I watched the episode twice, and both times I I'm like, they're, they're going to kiss. Yeah. And even knowing they weren't going to kiss, the way they were coming at each other, mm-hmm. and then I was like, that would be crazy. And that's the kind of crazy thing that this show would do mm-hmm. in some way. I mean, if we remember some of the stuff with Tony last season. I know, I know. Uh, now I'm going to be feel. disappointed if it doesn't happen. <laughs> if the caster clones don't make out, I'm going to be But these bad. caster boys are going after clones. Now, why do we think they're going after clones? What what reason? Because I don't think they seem to be part of Paul's caster group. Like I said, I think these two are off on their own. Well, the Scarface one, when he had to sit down with Sarah, said... Something like you're made of the good stuff, aren't you? Crystal yeah. didn't know what she had, and, and so I don't. I I think similar to how Helena was brainwashed, and that you know you're special, and these other ones are clones, and so you should kill them. And so remember, she was hunting yeah. all of them. So um, it might be some sort of similar thing where the, uh, there's good versus bad, and if they don't appreciate what they are, they should be taken out and. Sarah obviously is good, and they were after Helena, so they want them, and they're special, but the rest of them, maybe not. I don't know, yeah. but but they, they definitely have some sort of, like, working theory. And they're getting their knowledge from somewhere, too. Right. They're getting, I, I don't buy that this is all just, like, research they've done on all these clones. Like, they're getting it from somewhere. Maybe they were part of the military operation when AWOL, much like Mark did. Right. So, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, is there anything else you want to add about this episode before we get to uh, predictions? I don't think so. I think we I think we covered everything. So. And now your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Well, Anna, I guess you should start. Okay. Um, a couple of things. I think uh, I think Rachel is going to get better, and you know she slowly will build up. I think Helsinki. She'll realize that um, that she was going to be killed too, because I think Helsinki, you, you kill all the clones, right? Yeah, and she's one of them. There's no way uh, Ferdinand was ever going to kill Rachel. This is a prediction. Okay. And it was already in place, and Ferdinand wasn't carrying it out, right? There was somebody else on the way to kill the Hendrixes. Mm. Mm. So I think she was going to be killed too, and I think that's going to change her mind maybe a little, and maybe she'll be like besties with Sarah now. I don't know. Another. I don't know. Another thing I wondered was, will, will whatever ended up happening, will this end up humbling Rachel, or will it make her come on with a vengeance? And you're thinking maybe humbling a little bit. Yeah, and maybe okay. Delphine's going to be the bad one. I know you don't like mm. to hear that. I know you don't like to hear that. But um, And then the other thing, back to this, this scorpion that uh, is clearly... The spirit animal. Clearly Helena's spirit animal um, that she called Belly Button. Um, it also had been crawling, like, from in her, her hallucination or whatever. It had been crawling, like, from her stomach area. From the belly button. From the belly button. Ah. Ah, okay. I uh, just wanted to point that out quickly. Um, and I also think that she's somehow, either her spirit animal or she's somehow tied to these caster clones more because at the end, remember, she said, uh, the spirit animal says, picture a box inside a box inside a box. Yeah. And 
then the clone says she's been in there for 48 hours, and then it was like, congratulations, you survived the first box. Yeah. So the fact that her spirit animal kind of knows that there's boxes within boxes. You think there's something boxes, in her subconscious that knows a little bit more about her situation right. than maybe even she realizes. Right. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's what I got. I feel like, and that kind of fits into the line of maybe if maybe she's had some dealings with the caster caster project caster before that even because she's been kind of out on her own so right. I, I buy that um i don't necessarily know if this is for the for the next episode but thinking about the caster clones i was thinking a lot about mark who up until this point is the only one who's like kind of more of a fully realized character that we know a lot about him at this point and i have a feeling that unlike the sisterhood this brotherhood even though the uh, uh the two we saw in this episode seem tight is not a tight brotherhood. And I actually think that Mark, sometime in the season, is going to come back possibly against his brothers. I think he might come in. I think Mark might turn out to be be a, be a good guy and come back. Because I think he feels he owes something to Helena. Uh, because of her, he's with uh, Gracie and happy in theory, you know. So I, I think Mark's going to come back against his clone brothers. Hmm. Again, this is a very early prediction because it's only one episode. Right. So, so there you go. It'll be interesting. This is going to be a crazy season. I can't wait. And uh, yeah. So before we go, I just wanted to say also that uh, Yale, who yes. you know here, she did some great interviews at WonderCon, which you could find uh, with the Orphan Black with members of the Orphan Black cast. So you should definitely check those out. It's terrific. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to plug. Anna, do you have some, uh, things to plug? Uh, no, you can follow me at Yells, by the way. Her Twitter handle is, uh, at Yell Teagle, and she has her website. Oh, were you going to No, I clearly didn't know, so I'm glad you're saying okay, it. Okay, and, um, <laughs> her website is yelltv.com. And so, yeah, so definitely she has, uh... Uh, with Jordan Gavaris, with um, Rhea Doyle Kennedy, with Christian Brune, uh, Dylan Dylan Bruce, Dylan Bruce, yeah, yeah maybe some others. Um, so, so yeah, so definitely check those out. And then uh, you can follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K O P P E L F O R M A Y O R. Matt Lieberman and Megan Salinas will be with us next week. Yes, there will be more members of the Clone Club here with the AfterBuzz Clone Club. Very Yay. excited to help us break down for the rest of the season. Once again, you can follow me. The Real Will link on Twitter and also listen to my podcast, comedy uh, pop culture podcast, Will Sean Podcast. Uh, find it on iTunes. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.